Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 144 of the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to be talking about building resilience into our systems and what that means, how we can do it, why we should do it and how we might want to think about our systems at home, whatever they might be, whatever scale you're working on, whether you're simply just starting out and you're thinking of growing a few herbs on a windowsill or whether you are going the whole hog and attempting to become completely self-sufficient in Whatever different ways that might be, we're going to talk about the idea of building resilience into our system and what that means, why why it's a good idea. We're also going to talk about why it might be a better idea for people like us than businesses and commercial growers and farmers and things like that, what the differences are. So by resilience, I mean, another way of thinking about it is slack, if you like, spare, spare capacity in whatever measure that might mean whether it's in extra time that you might have available so that you're not running at 100 percent capacity or whether it's producing a little bit extra to put it aside for a rainy day there's lots of different ways of thinking about it but in the modern world in our commercial environment and the economic structure within which the you know western world now lives there's an emphasis away from slack away from resilience towards leanness now what i mean i'm using sort of quite esoteric terms a little bit difficult to really grasp so i'm going to try and describe them before we go any further so when we talk about a lean system we're talking about a system with no waste no spare no spare anything every piece of energy is being used and every output is being used and in a modern commercial environment if you run a business whatever it might be we're told that the the goal is to get as lean as possible, have absolutely no spare anything in the system, have everything working. And there, there's like an attractive nature to that. The idea of that sounds very, very good. And there are certainly some positives of that that we're going to want to take with us out into our gardens and all the other things that we do in our day-to-day life. We don't think necessarily it's a bad idea to have everything working have everything working and producing a potential producing a yield and certainly it might not be depending on how you phrase it so if you run a business you think that you're going to want every single hour that someone works at your business to be 100% productive producing towards a final goal you're going to want to keep your stock levels very very low because you don't want to have that capital tied up in stock that's out in a storeroom you want to have it sold as soon as it comes in and have that excess capital perhaps put into other things to drive growth in your business and this all sounds amazing and the capitalist dream indeed it's the direction that as a nation the UK and I would suggest most developed countries tend to push all of their economic systems and there's a good reason for it that's what drives growth that's what drives profitability and 
that obviously has an upside, but there's also a very significant downside, and that's never been brought into starker focus than during this pandemic. And we see things like our healthcare systems that are run extremely leanly, extremely efficiently, all of a sudden they don't have any spare capacity. And I'm not just talking about things like hospitals, I'm talking about supply chains. In fact, I'm probably talking more about supply chains than anything else. We have a ethos in things like car manufacturing of on-time delivery, where the parts are delivered just moments before they're required because that allows the construction plants to reduce the amount of storage space that they need to buy or rent or build or whatever it might be. And by reducing all of these parts of slack in our system, two things happen. The first is we become ultra, ultra productive. We are producing the most that we can for the amount of hours and capital spent. However, the downside is we have very little slack. It only takes one misplaced delivery, one poorly timed arrival of equipment, and the whole supply chain gets thrown out of whack. So by not having the slack in our system, it means that we're not really able to cope with change. We're not able to cope with unforeseen circumstances. So what I'm going to talk today about is how in our systems we might want to err on the side of slack, err on the side of having that little bit extra in our system floating around that isn't critical, that we don't need at the very moment it's produced. And we're going to take this across the board and talk about all sorts of things from compost to seedlings to energy that we might use and how we might choose, rather than running an extremely lean system worked based on maximum productivity, we might choose to operate a system that has a little bit more resilience in it that allows us to kind of bob and weave with the changes, whatever nature might throw at us or whatever our personal circumstances might throw at us. So it's really easy for you guys to get in touch. Whatever it is you want to say, whether it's an idea for a future episode or Perhaps you've got some feedback on something you've heard me say. I really do love hearing from you. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Now, you can follow the links in the show notes. You can use your phone just by pressing the button in the link and record a voice message that can be played on the show. Alternatively, you can send us an email where we are selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or you can find us via Facebook. But however you choose to do it, I really do love hearing from you guys. Perhaps you'd like to record a voice memo using the regular recording app on your phone and send that via an email. That's another way that I can play it on the show. But please do get in touch. So... Fairly recently, regular listeners will obviously be acutely aware I had quite a significant accident. I fell from a ladder and I had a concussion that lasted several weeks or a couple of months actually and I had a significant break to my wrist that required surgery and as a result for about a period of two months there were quite a lot of jobs 
I was simply unable to do. And this really got me thinking about this idea of resilience and how much slack we had in our systems here at home to cope with things like that. Now, I'm extremely fortunate in that I have a partner, my wife Jackie, who gets mentioned frequently on the show, I'm sure, and certainly on the YouTube channel. She stepped up and she's more than happy to do so. And she's extremely involved in the physical side of what we do here. She does probably, I would say, 80% of our animal husbandry. She does 100% of the morning chores, the animal morning chores. And she was able to pick up the slack. Now, we operate a system purely by chance. It's just how we both work. My wife is very much a early riser. And it doesn't matter whether she's got work or not. She wants to be up at around six o'clock. And she wants to get everything done in the morning. And she's up and bright and breezy and ready to go. I'm the complete opposite. It takes me a little while to get fired up in the morning and as a result I don't tend to do very much at all before I leave for work and I don't really get fired up into the chores here even if I'm not working until late morning and then I might run through into the evening. So between us we're we're working quite a lot at home on the homestead on all the different tasks that there may be but there's not really much overlap we, you know around lunchtime on the weekend we might both be in the garden together but other than that there's not a great deal of overlap and that turned out to be a blessing in disguise it's not something we'd thought about it's not something we'd planned but what it meant was that when we did have a period where I was physically unable to do so many of the jobs that I had to do that needed to be done then Jackie was able to pick them up now obviously it's not sustainable it's not a system that we could have operated indefinitely but for a period of eight to ten weeks the period that it went on for Jackie was able to pick up that bit of slack and obviously as I've said you know it wasn't sustainable it certainly took its toll we're back to normal now thank goodness but it was a possibility and the same would be true the other way around if for whatever reason Jackie had an inability to be able to do her jobs and sometimes it does happen on the odd day then I'm able you know the, those jobs that she wouldn't be able to do are happening at a time when I could just about squeeze them in and it just might mean I'd have to get up a little bit earlier to allow that time before I left for work or whatever it might be but that's a form of resilience if we were operating a system whereby Jackie was already doing all those jobs that she had to do while I was ill and she was already running at 100% capacity and then I became ill, well then we'd have a serious problem on our hands. And of course this problem is really cast more seriously if we're dealing with livestock. If we have other things that need tending then perhaps you can let them go but livestock absolutely cannot be forgotten. They can't be put off. They must be looked after because their welfare is entirely in our hands. So this is just one way that we kind of have slack in our system, have some resilience in our system without really having to think about it. Just through the natural rhythms of how my wife and I live our lives we have that little extra capacity where we can each cover the others work if you like around the homestead so whether you are lucky enough to have a partner that is equally as passionate about becoming self-sufficient as you are or not we can still think about this in terms of resilience you know if something were to happen to you and you weren't able to do all the physical things that you're doing for a period of a couple of weeks do you have someone that can step in and help 
Maybe it's a partner that isn't usually helping but would be able to pick up the slack for a few weeks. Maybe it's a friend. I also had help from my brother-in-law, Jason. But knowing that these things are in place is certainly a comfort to me going forward. I know that that's kind of a piece of the system that's being pressure tested, if you like, and that we're going to be okay. And of course, as I've said, it wouldn't be sustainable for me to take myself away from the equation. That's not something that is sustainable. But it was sustainable for a few weeks, and a few weeks would be all we needed. If it was a permanent thing that happened, then that gives us the time that we would need to make the relevant adjustments. Perhaps we'd have to sell some animals or certainly at least reduce the number of animals. But this goes far beyond just our actual physical labour. Our physical labour is certainly, I think, the priority to kind of think about and make sure that we have resilience in our systems and a bit of slack regarding. But it does go across the board because if we don't have resilience in our other systems, then what can happen is just one piece of bad weather can ruin an entire year and set us right back or perhaps a piece of really, really good weather and things growing a little bit better than we might have thought. So we'll talk about those kinds of things next. You can find Self Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online. We have our YouTube channel, we've also got our website, and we also have our Facebook group and page. Links to all of these can be found in the show notes. So why don't you come and check us out? So earlier in the episode, I mentioned things like compost, and compost is certainly an area where we might want to think about building resilience into our systems, and it's tied into soil health and all sorts of other things. But by making sure that we are practicing, you know, good practice with regards to our composting and our procurement of compost, however that might be, we're going to make sure that we're not at the whim of the markets and the vagaries of last minute changes and problems in the supply chain. And again, this is something that was brought into focus by the pandemic. In the spring of 2020, there was real problems for a lot of people getting hold of things like seeds and compost. And if that's something that you hadn't already planned for, then you may have found yourself with a bit of a problem on your hands. You may have found yourself in a position where you're all ready to go, but you just can't grow anything. You don't have the materials that you require. So by building resilience into these systems, what do I mean? Well, several things really, not least among them, to step away from compost for a little bit, just thinking about our seeds and how we source them. So if you're in the habit of every year saving seeds from your garden, then chances are you're going to have a spare amount of seeds. It's really difficult not to save more seeds than you're going to need. So we certainly have enough seeds not only saved from our own plants but also purchased ones we've certainly got enough seeds at all times for two growing seasons minimum so this is just one way of building resilience into our system if for whatever reason we have a failed crop if we have a load of seeds that we've planted and for whatever reason the seedlings all fail because human error or just really bad luck with weather or whatever it might be, we've got a spare set at all times. By saving your own seeds, you're going to find that this is happening really, really easily. Because as I said, it's really difficult not 
it's really difficult not to save too many seeds. If you think about things like runner beans, if you're saving just a few beans every year, or a few pods rather, worth of beans every year, then that's going to be more than enough for your next year's crop. And that surplus is going to build up by not also throwing away seeds that are past their use-by date, you know, their recommended date. By keeping those, that's also going to be another way of just making sure that you've always got spare. When it comes to compost, you know, we use a really slow simple method we just use regular pallet composting or heap composting and we just throw all of our compost material in a big heap and really just are patient about it we wait at least a year for our compost piles to mature now i understand that we're in a fortunate position insofar as how much land we have we're creating quite a lot of waste material to go on that compost pile but we're also using quite a lot of compost, so it kind of balances out. It's got to the point where I'm actually seeking outside help with my compost makeup. I'm collecting coffee grounds from coffee shops now to top up the amount of compost I'm producing. But by making sure that I've got that cycle, you know, I'm really always two years in advance because I've got the compost heap that I'm using this year and I've got a compost heap ready maturing for next year so whatever happens outside my little world my the boundaries of my little garden here or big garden rather I know that I have that resilience built into my system because I'm thinking ahead I've got all of that stuff planned for years into the future and having that spare here is certainly something that means I'm not going to be one of the people who's struggling for compost in the spring or next spring I'm already that way around I'm already thinking that far in front so by using I would say just really good general good practices in your composting in your cycling of energy in that system you're going to protect yourself with that resilience and the beautiful thing about compost is you can step away from it for months at a time it's not something that requires your constant attention so it's a great thing to kind of set and forget and have running in the background so that idea of having that spare if you like by being a season ahead then we are always going to be okay if there's a problem if there's some kind of problem with our compost making with our procurement of those nutrients that the soil needs then we've got that slack in the system we can afford to fall behind a little bit because we're already ahead now the other thing about composting and using that compost to basically feed your soil is another way of building resilience into your system particularly if you're going to use no dig gardening now People who listen to the show regularly will know I'm a huge advocate of the no-dig gardening method. That doesn't mean that it's the only method, and I am aware that it's the only method I talk about quite a lot, and I apologise for that. It's just the one that I use and the one that I think is the best, and there's another reason for that as well, and that's because of the soil food web, all of the microorganisms that live in our soil. Because by treating your soil as something else that needs tending rather than just adding fertilizer to it when you need when when there's a lack of a certain thing rather than just adding that thing in a chemical if we treat our soil as this amazing fertile organic material organic life form then what's going to happen is without even trying we're going to build resilience in another way as well 
So I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate every single one of you who downloads and listens to the show. There's lots of ways that you can help the show grow and support it. And probably one of the best ones is just to share it with someone. Find someone who you think might be interested in this content and say, listen, here's a show that I like. I think you might like it too and point them in our direction. We would be forever grateful. If you want to go a step further, you could also become a patron. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub and set up to donate a small monthly amount. If you think this podcast is worth the price of a cup of coffee a month, then you can set it at that amount. And obviously, anyone who chooses to do that, we are eternally grateful to. So by building up our soil health, by building up all of that organic matter, all of that carbon-based rotted down material, we're going to add all of those micronutrients. And of course, critically, after that, hummus, once all of the micronutrients have been broken down by our compost and taken down into our soil, what we're left with is an addition of hummus, which is that amazing material that raw building block of really really healthy soil and within that we're going to have this huge web of microorganisms we're going to have nematodes and we're going to have mycorrhizal fungi and all these things are going to act as a network to provide your crops with the nutrients they need now there's no doubt in my mind that although we top dress our beds every single year our annual beds with some lovely rich organic matter we do do that there's no doubt in my mind that if I didn't for one year they would probably still perform really really well and the reason is because of those microorganisms within the soil are still there doing their job we still have those worms down there leaving worm casements we still have all those mycorrhizal fungi that are doing their job bringing nutrients from further afield so effectively what we're doing is each individual piece of soil, each square foot of our soil, actually has access to micronutrients from much further afield than it would in a commercially farmed field where you're using plows and tills to turn that soil up every year. If you're doing that, then what's happening is all of that life that's in your soil that's doing a job for its fertility isn't going to be there and the year that you don't add fertilizer the plants that you grow are really going to suffer because they're not going to have access to anything because there's nothing there whereas in a traditional more organic way of farming where you're going to top dress and not till you know no till or no dig gardening what's happening is they micronutrients that are available from further afield from several meters away from where your plants are are still going to be available to it through the network of mycorrhizal fungi so you're going to build resilience in a whole new way you're not going to be reliant on your input and again talking about permaculture principles you know we're going to be reducing our inputs every year and creating that resilience in our soil at the same time by building really, really healthy soil, and it's a, a drum I beat a lot, I'm aware of that, but it's because I think it's so important. By building really healthy soil, we're building resilience in lots of other ways as well. Resilience against flooding, resilience against droughts, because 
your groundwater is your groundwater is going to be able to go into that soil and that soil is going to be able to hold more of it and it's going to be able to hold it for longer. So it's just another way of building resilience into your system. But you can take this far beyond soil, far beyond composting, and just think about everything you're doing by planting those few extra seedlings every single year. I accept that there's going to be a little bit of waste, but like I say, it's trading off that balance between waste and resilience. If you want to get to zero waste, and I don't mean in a traditional sense when we use the word zero waste, we're normally talking about what we're throwing out. I certainly think that's something you want to get to zero waste on. But when you think about having zero waste, it's really about zero spares in the context of resilience. And I do think that you want lots and lots of spares, spare seedlings, because that's going to increase your yields. It's going to increase your resilience against pests, against climate changes, against anything unforeseen happening. You're going to have those spares. If you have a load of spare seedlings ready to go in, you're going to be able to pick the strongest. But maybe when you do, don't throw those other ones out just yet. Hold on to them for a few weeks. Again, building some resilience into your systems. Now, it's at this point that you can really start thinking about becoming lean at the same time. Now, when you've developed systems that have that resilience, that have that slack in them, then you can think about building resilience by using those extra things, but all the time keeping an eye on the fact, keeping mindful of the fact that they are extras, they are spares. That's their primary purpose. Their primary purpose is they are backups. So, for instance... My wife and I do tend to run at what we feel is about 100% capacity in terms of our energy. But a lot of those projects are things that are non-essential. So we can be doing things that perhaps it doesn't matter if we drop off. And looking back now, you know, my apocryphal pond that I constantly talk about not being finished well that's just one of those things and when everything else is going great I'll be able to drop back on that and I'll be able to complete that project but in the meantime it's just there as another way of building resilience it's there so that I've got something to be getting on with something to focus my time and energy on when everything else is going great so it doesn't mean that we need to be wasteful quite the opposite it's about thinking smartly about how we allocate our resources so that we are not only resilient, but also productive. So before I wrap up this episode, I just want to send out a huge thank you to our latest Patreon subscriber, and that is Rebecca Hardy. Thank you so much for feeling that you're getting the value out of this show and the other content that I produce to step to becoming a Patreon subscriber. It really does mean an awful lot to me. It's uh, one of the one of the things that, that when it happens, when someone signs up to Patreon, it really sort of vindicates everything I'm doing and encourages me to not only carry on, but, you know, just to make sure that I'm... I'm carrying on doing everything right in in as best a way as I can. I'm well aware that this podcast isn't perfect. The production values aren't very high. I'm doing all I can with the resources I have. But when someone becomes a patron, it really does touch me. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say thank you ever so much, Rebecca Hardy. It means the world to me. With that, I think we're just about wrapped up for today and I will speak to you guys on Monday. If you find this podcast valuable, 
there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.